Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to E-Ticket to Broadway, where Broadway meets Main Street. Here's your host, my pal, David Alpert. Ha <laughs> ha! Hello to you listening, and thank you for tuning in to E-Ticket to Broadway, the podcast where the stars you see on the Broadway stage share with you what makes them cry at a Disney theme park. Before I intro this episode's guest, I want to be sure that you know that there's an official E-Ticket to Broadway merchandise shop. There are tons of incredible designs on a variety of products, from the popular See with the Parks design to the mashups of Broadway lyrics and Disney theme park attractions. Bring the magic home today by visiting www.eticketpodcast.com slash shop. Are you following the podcast on Instagram? Only there can you see photos of our guests at the parks, play games, and interact with the e-ticket community. We also like to shine the spotlight on our amazing listeners on Merch Monday. Send us a photo of yourself with our merch for a chance to be featured on our Instagram page. Give us a follow at e-ticket to Broadway. On this episode, I'm joined by a dear friend who is an incredible talent. He starred on Broadway in Avenue Q, Mrs. Doubtfire, Something Rotten, Beetlejuice, Honeymoon in Vegas, Noises Off, and Chaplin. Here he is. Please welcome Tony Award nominee, Rob McClure. Rob McClure, you talented devil you. I'm thrilled to spend this time with you and even more thrilled to learn more about your views of Mickey Mouse. Do you want to start there with your views of Mickey Mouse? Let's go. (laughs) So listen, Rob, I've been a fan of you on the stage. And when we first got to work together eight years ago, I found what a mensch you were. So to learn that you love the Disney parks 
is just perfect. Do you remember the first time or first few times you went to the parks? Yes. Uh, I, I, it was fairly late. I was 16, um, and it was at my high school girlfriend's mother uh, had to go to Florida for a um, like a work convention, and it was in Orlando. Uh, and so we're like, oh, so can can we go down? So I went with like three high school friends and my high school girlfriend when I was 16. And um, I was in awe. I mean, I had never my, my you know, I dreamed of going to Disney, but I it, it actually didn't seem feasible. I was my, my family wasn't a traveling family. Uh, in fact, that was the first time I ever left the state of New Jersey where I grew up uh, was that trip to Florida. Um, and, uh, yeah, we, we weren't travelers and, um, I fell madly in love quickly with the whole spiel. And then, um, then I didn't go back until I went on tour with Avenue Q with my wife in 2007 and 2008, which we were there, we were playing Orlando for her 30th birthday. So she got to experience Walt Disney World for the first time on her 30th birthday. And it was one of the most magical days. Uh, that one I'll remember for the rest of my life. Do you remember when you went to Walt Disney World and you saw the castle for the first time? Yeah. What did you think? I mean, like from New Jersey to this beautiful castle, yeah. what was that like? It's so much more legit than I thought it was going to be. You know what I mean? Like I, I thought, and especially as an aspiring actor, you think it's going to be like sets, you know? And you get there and you just go, wait, that's just a castle. <laughs> yeah, it's actually a and, castle. And if you're lucky enough to like go inside it, you realize, oh no, this really, like even inside, this is a castle. Um, and uh, I was blown away by the, um, you know, this is one of the things I love about the Florida parks uh, versus the LA parks is that you really lose track of the world outside. It's so immersive and so sprawling that I, I completely lost track of where I was other than Disney World. I mean, I was in Disney World, and the rest of the world was gone for all I cared, um, especially, you know, Main Street. And the, the, the castle is epic, but there is also just something about Main Street USA leading to the castle that by the time you arrive at that statue of Walt and Mickey, it's in, you're incapable of bringing anything, any garbage that you might have had on your back when you entered the park gates. It's gone by the time you reach that statue. It's it's inevitable. There's no fighting it. <laughs> you are a perfect walking commercial for the parks. Oh, I mean, I it. mean, it's great. Are there any attractions, rides that are just a must do when you go to the parks? Country Bear Jamboree. First okay. thing I'd go to is the Country Bear Jamboree. <laughs> Very specific. We love it. I love a specific I, I love how blue it is. I love how blue the comedy is. I love how, um, you know, it, it, it's absurd, but it's so well done. Um, both Country Bear Jamboree and the Tiki Room, uh, I, I make sure to, like, immediately give some love just because they are so old um, that they, um, you know, there's there's sort of heartbreakingly never really long lines for them. And I, I feel a responsibility to, like, carry the enthusiasm for them because they're really, really special and um, really they're wonders now, but they were really wonders when they came out. Um, and I just love celebrating that, that old school stuff. What's funny is, and we'll talk about this later, but for a podcast that's kind of Broadway meets the parks, you've, you've chosen two stage shows in a way. That's funny. Yeah. I, yeah. And for many of us, I mean, I'm assuming when you were 16, you had seen a theatrical production, but 
for many people, that is their first introduction to a show, a musical. Like a curtain going up and someone, yeah. 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 Like we're going to watch the two o'clock performance of Beauty and the Beast. Right. You know, and then we're going to watch the Tiki Room show and you kind of get to see what a show is. Sure. What about when you went to the park for the first time, were there any characters that you remember meeting and freaking out about? I mean, the first time you lay eyes on Mickey Mouse, it is, it's like Santa. I mean, it, it really, and there's something about the, um, the performers they hire to do those characters in the park, Mickey and Minnie and Goofy and Donald and Pluto. Those, that sort of quintet specifically is there is something otherworldly about them. Um, and, and for me, my wife and I talk about this all the time. <laughs> We're like the costume characters with like who are head to toe covered are those characters for real. We have a harder time with like princesses just because we're aware, like we're like, okay, you're not Cinderella. I'll buy that you're Cinderella for this moment. You're not Cinderella. But I will fight you on the fact that that, that is goofy. Like that is goofy. <laughs> it really is. Those are really the characters. That's right. Um, but yeah, the, for some reason that that quintet um, struck me uh, quickly and and in an emotional way. Like there is a, um, and then of course Tinkerbell, uh, particularly during the fireworks. You know, the arrival of Tinkerbell is one of the most magical things I've ever experienced in my life because I had been told that Tinkerbell is part of the fireworks display. And I was so ready for a little light bulb or a laser or a something. So when that human dove out of a castle. <laughs> First of all, it's a fairy, but yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. When that pixie uh, launched herself out of that castle, I, I, uh, it was the last thing I expected, even though I had heard the rumor that Tinkerbell's in the fireworks I didn't know it was a it was a actual you know living breathing fairy um and it was in that moment speaking of living breathing fairies nice to meet you thank you nice to meet <laughs> yeah, you hello. yeah So we're going to go back in time a little bit. When you were a child, do you remember watching the Disney movies? Were you a fan of them? Did you have any favorites? Uh, the first thing that comes to mind when you ask me that is me in my room with the cassette to the soundtrack of The Lion King, um, pretending to conduct the music of the stampede. That ba da dun 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 I literally had a Dixon Ticonderoga number two pencil in my hand and with no knowledge of music theory, conducting an invisible orchestra in my mind. There was something so, um, I don't know. I was like the fantasia of it all, like shooting that kind of music out of my fingertips. Um, so yes, I, I watched every single one of the Disney movies. I have a memory of my, uh, my aunt Tressa, who's no longer with us, um, bringing me to the movie theater to see Aladdin for the first time. And falling in love with that and uh, and being in awe of whoever the heck had done the genie, um, which now is kind of blows my mind that I that I'm getting to play Mrs. Doubtfire on Broadway is a crazy, uh, crazy thing, because I do remember sitting in that theater and thinking, wow, whoever is playing that genie is the funniest person I've ever heard, you know, um, 
that was a, a great introduction. And actually, I think now that we're sitting here talking, gosh, I haven't thought about this in forever. You know when sometimes you're talking about something and it's like you drag the file out of the trash can in your brain and it was gone for a decade, but all of a sudden you're like, wait. Um, I think the first movie I ever saw in the movie theater was the first celebratory re-release of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs in the movie theater. So here's the deal. You and I were born around the same time. 1982 and, for me. Yep, and I'm 85. And so the Renaissance with Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast came yep. out when we were kids. But the 50th anniversary of Snow White was 1987. That's it. That and was... so, I mean, Dopey is my favorite. I love Snow White. And like, I remember that as well. That's so funny that you knew that because that is exactly right. I must have been around five and went to see that re-release for the 50th anniversary. That's incredible. And I will also say that I also loved that cassette tape of Lion yeah. King, but I remember my sister and I, we would talk about, you would, you know, back in the day, you would just like go to bed and you hit play and you'd have like circle of life and just can't wait to be king. Yeah. But then if you weren't asleep by the stampede and you woke up and hearing that music, it was terrifying. Like I oh, distinctly remember. Sure. It's just yeah. funny to think that I was in Michigan, you were in New Jersey, you were conducting the stampede. I was terrified of it. <laughs> because as a kid, when you're trying to fall asleep and you hear that music that was so wonderful, yeah. That's a scary piece of music. Yeah. And it's so funny now as a parent, I have a three-year-old, uh, three-year-old girl named Sadie. And as a parent, that stampede is sort of a huge life-defining moment as to when I'm comfortable enough to let her experience that. Um, because I remember its impact on me. Um, and I think uh, it's a weird thing trying to sort of like guard the concept of death from your kid and those movies do such a beautiful job of handling it and introducing it and showing how you can overcome it and uh, the beauty of remembering those we lose I mean it's done so well but you do end up wondering like how how young is too young and when is the right time for that and that instant specifically Mufasa specifically and we all hear it in our head right we all hear dad dad Jonathan Taylor Thomas home improvement fame breaking our hearts um, and, uh, and just wondering like, when is the right time for that? And I haven't done it yet, but I, I, you know, sooner or later, that'll, that'll be a huge family discussion. I know. <laughs> is it, is it too soon for the stampede? Exactly. Maybe, maybe. Exactly. Now, what about like the old school Disney, the, the classic golden age of Disney with the princess movies and Pinocchio and Peter Pan, any of those? All of hit them. Home? All, All of them. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, uh. Jiminy Cricket singing When You Wish Upon a Star Out the Window is, I think, perhaps some of the most beautiful cinema ever made. Um, in my daughter's room, I have uh, Disney sells these beautiful um, sort of 3D uh, dioramas that are in these tiny little picture frames. They're like little cubes about the size of like a Rubik's Cube. And they have these beautiful stage. Uh, and they light up. And they light up. You push the I have. Rob, I have three of them. There you go. See, we're, I knew I was came to the right place tonight. I know. But the one that we have in her room is Geppetto finishing painting Pinocchio. Yes, yes, and, it's a beautiful one. Oh my gosh, it's stunning. And um, I don't know that there's any more heartbreaking story than that. I, I, I Geppetto is one of my all-time favorite characters in all of sort of fiction. Um, I just think it's such a beautiful, heartbreaking, wonderful character. Um, that that movie has stayed with me for since I saw it initially. Um, Cinderella, I wore out as a kid, and then I had a younger sister, so we wore, and I had an older sister, so Cinderella was in my house for a decade. Um, and uh, it's so funny now watching it with Sadie. 
how much I remembered from when I was a kid. Um, underscoring and things like Cinderella walking from the from the door toward her stepmother in the bed and the animation of the window, the shadow of the window. Oh my god, I get goosebumps just talking to you about it. Um that that stuff I watched it and went, oh my gosh, that struck that must have struck me when I was eight because I'm watching this going like I remember every frame of this moment. Um it's true. I every time I I can hear the horse's hooves from Sleeping Beauty yes. of Samson. There's just things that as kids we just latched onto. Yeah. And yeah, we and hear I, it as an adult, it's like, wow, that takes me right back. Yeah, and I was really lucky. My wife and I, the last tour we did was uh, the Something Rotten tour. And we, uh, when we were in San Francisco, we went to the Disney Family Museum. Um, and that had an, ex uh, an exhibition there of the artist, forgive me for not knowing their name, but the artist, I believe it was a woman, who did all of the background art for Sleeping Beauty and walking through these halls of these giant tapestries that she had painted for that film. And that movie specifically had such a wild style for that time um, and, and, and a very distinct style um, that I just – all of those films stayed with me for such a long time. I'm such a huge fan of them. And also um, I remember as a kid – uh, Maleficent turning into that dragon at the end it was horrifying in the yes. best way. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, and again, my three-year-old Sadie now getting to celebrate that movie with her because last Christmas, all she was doing was running around the house making things pink and blue, yeah. uh, like Flora and Mary, Mary Weather yeah, just course. running around making you, pink, make it blue. Does she have a preference, pink or blue? You know, she she likes to end it at the moment when it was both colors for the drama and the conflict oh, sure. of it all. <laughs> do, you, do you have a preference of Sleeping Beauty in blue or pink? Um, you know, I don't. I think I think pink wins because Flora, I think, is the sort of um, the most maternal and had the idea to take her in in the first place, so she wins. I'm definitely team blue. All right, Mary all the way. Team Good. blue, team blue for Mary. There you go. <laughs> So you mentioned Geppetto, you mentioned Jiminy Cricket. Are there other Disney characters that you love? Oh gosh, um, Hook and Smee, I think are 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 perfect uh, dramatizations of a fictional character that hadn't quite been done so beautifully up until that moment. I mean, we had the stage show, and we had, um, you know, I'm thinking of Cyril Lachard. I don't know which yes. came out first, the, but um, but the animations of those characters were so delightful. And uh, it gave life and shape to Neverland in a way that I think anyone who was a fan of that universe hadn't quite been so specific in the past. Now, suddenly they had uh, a real sort of geography for, for Neverland in a wonderful way. Um, what other characters? God, this, I mean, the stepmother in, in Cinderella is yeah. an astonishing. And also that voice work. That actress oh doing the voice work is a, just yeah. unbelievable. Um what other classics? Uh, let, let's go through them again. Uh, Snow White was the uh -huh. first. Yeah. I mean, the Witch in Snow White is still horrifying. And on the ride in L.A. Well, yes. Terrifying. That reveal when she's looking in the mirror and then she turns around and it's the other version. That I mean, that is not only is that a great uh, legit jump scare on the ride, but it's also just a, well designed. I mean, what a great idea the way they pull that off. They recently up 
updated the ride and it's mm. stunning and they've kept that but they've actually slowed down the ride vehicles a little bit so you're in that room a little longer but that yeah that was a terrifying moment of that ride oh yeah yeah and again i'm, I'm remembering back my my aunt Tressa growing up she bought me one christmas it was a stocking stuffer gosh you're you're I know. dragging the fossils out tonight. I'm so thrilled about it. But one of the stocking stuffers was one of those Disney used to sell these wonderful little flip books yes, of moments yes. of animation. And I got two of them for Christmas. One was the moment where there are three genies sort of doing a, uh, the dance in Aladdin and friend like me when they're all in the, when he's in the tux and tails and they all the genie and the two giant versions of his hand are doing yes. that wonderful dance. That was one of the flips. And the other flip was Snow White dancing with the three of them stacked on each other with Toby yeah. on top. Yeah. And that little flip book moment. And I have such a wonderful memory of flipping through that over and over and over and over and being fascinated. It was a magic trick, those little flip it books. Is. That's the thing. The magic of Disney is so uh, present in our childhoods that as we grow older, we kind of forget, but you're like, that was actually a huge impact. Oh, yeah. Have you, I mean, have you done the deep dives on Disney Plus yet with all the Imagineering shows and all of that? Oh, because yes. It is. I weep. I yeah. weep. I weep at the care and the innovation and the dedication to providing wonderment because that is such a uh, an endangered species. You know what I mean? Like things that really provide a sense of awe um, and the fact that that was of value to them to do it so thoroughly and so immersively, it, it, it's why I, it still makes me cry. So Rob, you recently shared that you took Sadie to Walt Disney World. What was that like this to bring your dog to the parks? This is literally six days ago. Yeah. Um, that uh, it was Mrs. Doubtfire's uh, gearing to come back on Broadway. And uh, I knew my time was running out in terms of like having every moment of every day with my family. So my wife and I just looked at each other and we were like, let's just go. Let's just go. So I went online to see what was available, and there was a room at the Contemporary, and I thought, oh, great, because it's one monorail stop away from Magic Kingdom, which is where I'm going to be spending most of my time because she's three. And uh, she is she is like all in on Disney right now. Um, I, I, I can't count the number of times I hear we don't talk about Bruno a day. Um, <laughs> she is like right in the middle. Uh, she owns every princess dress there is. She won't go to sleep in pajamas anymore so i had to buy her nightgowns of princess dresses so that she'll wear pajamas like she's all in she's in it yeah so we uh we once i saw there was a room available at the contemporary i was like that's it let's go um and uh you know there's it's a whole nother level i'll be honest like experiencing the disney parks at, at yourself which I think is kind of essential to do first so that you can deal with your own sort of <laughs> splendor. Um, and But then getting to see it through her eyes is one of the most, I mean, it's one of the most magical things you can do as a parent is to provide that moment for them. And then I'll, you know, and there were a lot of people who were like, eh, she's three, she might not even remember it. Great, because then she'll get to experience it for the first time again. Fantastic. Like, I hope she forgets it so that she walks in and goes, oh my God, this is incredible again. I've uh, heard that so often, like when to take a kid, it's like, they sure they might forget it, but they will remember it the day you get home and they'll remember it 
you know, the next day and you will remember it. Yeah. And, you know, as I shared with you before, like I went when I was five months, I don't remember it, but here I am well, at 37, and, and, like you know, loving and, it. And she will have videos of her on my shoulders after It's a Small World up at 11.05 at night, leaving <laughs> the park, with, giggling on my shoulders. Like she'll have that for the rest of her life. And, uh, you know, it's an interesting thing though, because I am one of those people who is like, okay, we're going, let's do everything there is to do. And I, I'm not one of those people who like schedules myself to, within an inch of my life, but I'm going to get creative while I'm there to try and fit in as much as I can. Um, but with a three-year-old, there is a little bit of trepidation in terms of overextending her. So you do have to let her steer a bit in terms of like, oh, she's crashing a little bit. I think even though it's 1230, I think I need to jump on the monorail and go back to the contemporary and let her nap for two hours, which breaks my heart thinking about having two hours in the middle of the day that I could be in a Disney park and that I'm going to be in a hotel room. But, but it, it will pay off during the fireworks when she's not unconscious. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Were there any rides that you and Maggie did like a rider switch past? You were like, I know Space Mountain is not going to work out. So we're just going to swap places. We actually, this was an all Sadie trip. So we didn't do anything that she couldn't go on, um, and, which was very hard because Maggie and I are also diehard Star Wars fans. Oh, no. Um, so we did walk through it and sob while Sadie was like, this place is dirty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you been um, able to go on Rise of the Resistance yet? Not at all. No, we did. We, we literally walked through it and wept and walked past the Millennium Falcon. We're like, we will be back as adults and we will experience all of this. Oh my gosh. Um, I should have come just to be like, I'll watch Sadie for the oh, next please. Oh, hour. it would have been, I would have loved you for it. Oh my gosh. Because you, if you love Star Wars, you will lose it. Oh, oh, we, I mean, we literally walked into the, we, we went, um, we finally walked into Galaxy's Edge and uh, we saw the X-Wing that was just sort of sitting there in the distance and we both started crying. Um, again, it's like, and also I think Disney, I don't, I, I can't be sure, but I think maybe there was a little bit of a lesson learned from the reveal of Harry Potter world in universal because it kind of, they kind of keep Harry Potter world a secret until you do a sort of dramatic entrance into that world. And I think when they built galaxy's edge, they were like, wait, these, we can't just suddenly like turn around from Muppet vision 3d, which is one of my favorites ever, by the way, and be like, Oh, and there's the millennium Falcon. Like there, you need, you need a moment to enter that universe, you know? And they so beautifully did it. Um, so the reveal has so much more impact when all of a sudden you come through a tunnel and in the daylight, you're like, wait. <laughs> um, and they, they also did that really well with the whole Avatar world in Animal Kingdom, the sort of like slow introduction to another world. They're, they're getting really great. It's true. I mean, like my dream is always to be an Imagineer, but but how theater and, and the parks overlap. I mean, like you think when a curtain opens and you're transported, how, how similar that is to walking to Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. It's yeah, so I mean, similar. It, it is... Um, it's so funny. I, I worked with a really great director, this guy named Aaron Posner, and he used a term that has always stayed with me, and it was a simple one, but he always said, actually, actually. Um, and when we would be, we'd be playing a moment, you know, and the stakes wouldn't be high enough or the comedy wouldn't be rich enough, and he would say, no, 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 I just need you to do what you would actually, actually do, meaning, like, it feeling as real as possible. And that's what's captured in those moments is that you walk in and you go, 
wait, that's actually, actually the Millennium Falcon. At, like, actually, that's actually, actually Cinderella's castle. There's there's something about, uh, and, and Sadie would say to me, is that the real one? And you go, yeah, that that's the real one. Is that the real Mickey Mouse? Yes, that is the real Mickey Mouse. I love that you do that. I, I There's so many times I'm in the parks and I hear a kid ask their parent, are those real fireflies on the Pirates of the Caribbean ride? Oh, my God. And they say, no. And I want to turn over and say, yes. 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 Or yeah. what I've started doing, I FaceTime my nephews from the parks when I've been there. And they say, is that a real castle? And I said, it sure looks like it. Yeah, that's it. And that's just it. to keep them going. And I, so thank you for doing that for Sadie. Yeah. So Rob, you know, this is a Broadway meets uh, Disney park. So here's a question for you. Who would you most like to go to Walt Disney World with? Charlie Chaplin, Adam from Beetlejuice, or Daniel Hillard? Oh my gosh. Oh, that's so hard. Okay. Other option is what would you like to do with each of them if you can't choose? Okay. Well, Okay. I would not want to go with Charlie Chaplin because too many people would know who he was and we'd never get to do anything. He would just be mobbed. Okay. Okay. Number sure. two, Adam in Beetlejuice um, is dead. So I couldn't see him. <laughs> okay. And then, so I'm going to go with Daniel Hillard because he's a really good time. He's super, super fun. He's super, super funny. And, uh, and he's a great dad. So he get he gets it. He, I would, in fact, I'd want to go with him and bring his kids. Sure. I would say you could see Adam on Haunted Mansion, maybe. That's, that's right. I could bring him on Haunted Mansion and hope that he, maybe he could see find his wife at the dance oh. party. Oh, it got dark there for a second. That's or so sweet, sweet, I should say. I think it's sweet. <laughs> that's sweet. It's so funny because Carrie, of course, of the podcast, Carrie and I met years ago, and what bonded us was Disney, and she's yeah. a huge Disney fan, so I'm sure that we can make that work. Yeah, she was just down there with her family because she, yeah. she was performing in the show at yeah. Epcot. At Festival of the Arts, Yeah. yeah. So, Rob, if you were to get a job at the parks, which job would you most want? Oh, you know, I would want to be a, a performer on one of the one-on-one -on -one sort of experiences. You know what I mean? When you're going to meet a character or, or you know, I haven't experienced any of the Star Wars stuff. But from what I hear, there's a bit of like a ceremony about like building or picking your lightsaber and all of that stuff. That Those types of things. Because if you're going to do 28 shows a day, but every single one of those shows is a life-affirming three minutes for the person it's for, that that's the reason why I got into this in the first place. Like that moment, being able to do that for – being able to, whether it's a – seven-year-old or whether it's a 50-year-old, you know, I, I, I go on TikTok all the time and I watch those videos of these like, you know, 68-year-old diehard Star Wars fans who walk in and see the Millennium Falcon and start sobbing. Um, and the fact that they might go into a shop and that I can provide them with a no BS, real life, actually, actually moment where I will sell to them the fact that this is really happening. You're really getting your lightsaber today, and you and we're really gonna find out the one that fits you best, and what color represents who you are, and what you stand for, and what I mean, because they'll follow you in that atmosphere. They'll go as far as you're willing to take them, and and man, as a performer, as an actor, getting to improvise 
a moment that's providing an audience member with a with that special of a moment. I mean, there's nothing better. I love that you want this job where you can give a memorable moment to the guest. Have you had any times at the Disney parks where you're like, I will remember this always? <laughs> there were two that come to mind that are kind of the same moment and one that comes to mind because I'm going to send you a video that you can enjoy because it's of that exact moment. So when I brought Maggie to Disney World for her 30th birthday, Maggie also experienced the moment of not knowing that Tinkerbell in the fireworks show is a real person. So my 30-year-old wife, full voice, screamed the word Tinkerbell when she leapt out of that castle <laughs> and, and sobbed and, and sort of cued the rest of the people around us to start crying on her behalf because they all saw that she was having this amazing moment, right? Now that gets bookended with a video that I will send you of my three-year-old doing the exact same thing at the exact same moment, shouting the word Tinkerbell. Um, I also, Sadie was uh, wanted to have dinner at Belle's Castle to be our guest dinner because she's all into uh, Beauty and the Beast at the moment. So I finally get a reservation. There's this great website called mousewatcher.com, by the way, um, that... You pay $5 and they'll like hunt for dinner reservations for you and text you when one pops up and is available. I don't know whether you're allowed to put, to share that, but it's yeah, really they great. Can, they can sponsor e-ticket oh to Broadway. God, they're so great. Um, and uh, so we got a reservation at Bell's Castle and we walk in and they're like, so your table is in the West Wing. And in my mind, I'm like, wait, I have a three-year-old girl. That sounds a little spooky. Yeah, you do not go into the West Wing. Exactly. We have been warned. So we go in, and of course, everything's ripped up and like all this stuff. And Sadie is sitting next to me, and there's the rose under the cloche in the corner. And the only reason I know it's called the cloche is because of Iron Chef. Thank you. Thank you. I was going to say, wow, that's a really good yeah, vocabulary food, word. Food, food Network has taught yeah, me what wow. cloches are. Thanks. Um, but yes, under the glass, the crystal cloche in the corner. And um, they have the 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 picture of the prince which i learned is prince adam didn't yes. know that his name yeah. is prince adam um with the like claw mark rips across his face so i'm sitting there with sadie and my wife and our backs are to that picture but sadie is facing that picture and she starts freaking out and saying that the beast it was the beast and we turned around and it wasn't well she was right it turns out every time the rose petal falls there's a lightning clap and the prince in the picture turns into the beast and we were not seeing it, but she was. And my three-year-old daughter was like desperate for us to see it. And every yeah. time we would turn around, it will have been gone. But so I sent you a video um, of her and she, when she finally says, no, listen, the prince is turns into the beast. My three-year-old unprompted, decided that she needed to provide an echo to the word beast. I would like to play this for you and see if you can hear yes, her. Please. Ready? <laughs> if you heard that beast, 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 yes. she's literally providing her own echo. Look, I'm just going to show you this. Oh, yeah, there was definitely an echo. That's... <laughs> and also, shout out for wearing Belle's winter costume in the West Wing. Right? 
I know. We, I think that's maybe why they put us there. But she had her little, and it was also a chillier night. So it was the one night that she could wear her Belle winter costume, her little red, her little red hoodie. It's great. She's like she, she threw snowballs. Yeah, exactly. But but those, there, you know, those three moments, I will always remember as watching, watching the actually actually happen. Yeah. For all for for Maggie and Sadie. And even though Walt Disney always said, you know, Disneyland will never be complete. There are parts of the Disney parks that will always remain the same and we tie it to our families and our friends and our memories. And every time you walk by that area, you will think of that. It's, it's, it's etched in. Yeah. I mean, anytime I, anytime I look up at that turret in the castle, I will think of both Sadie and Maggie shouting the word Tinkerbell uh, with, gosh, 15 years apart. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply <laughs> Rob, this is Fast Pass Answers. I'm going to put 30 seconds on the clock. Oh my God, do I need my Genie Plus? Do I need to sign up for Genie, Genie Plus? Plus? It's $15 a day. This has always been Fast Pass, but now it's like, that's outdated already. No, it's always got a it. ticket, so we're fine. No, it's good. It's good. It's fine. This it is your lightning lane. No, I hate it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're fast pass answers. So you've got 30 seconds to answer as many of these as you can. Are oh you my ready? God. Oh my God, yes. Here we are. Robert Clore, name any Muppet. Kermit. Name any attraction in Tomorrowland. Space Mountain. Favorite snack in the parks? Mickey Pretzel. Name a Disney character voiced by Robin Williams. The Genie. Name any song from Sweeney Todd. Worst Pies in London. One, name one of the seven dwarfs. Grumpy. Name a song from The Little Mermaid. Part of Your World. Favorite Disney villain. Ursula. Name any Disney princess. Aurora. Favorite ride in Fantasyland. Dumbo. That was incredible. Oh. I'm so proud of you. Thank you so, so wow. much. I'm, I, I, was, I was thrilled about that. Yeah, I have no notes. I... <laughs> That's great. I mean, like... You got the callback. I mean, I'm so glad. Okay, so Mickey Pretzel, right Mickey to it. Pretzel. Mickey Pretzel's real good. They're good. Real good. Um, and uh, what other? There are some really good ones. Well, the Muppet. You went to Kermit, which is great. I went to Kermit. Yeah, the Mu- 
Space that's, Mountain. That's impossible yeah. for me, by the way. I I like collect Muppets. Oh, this is interesting. So when I I've always been obsessed with the Muppets my whole life. Yes. And so when I went to Disney World for the first time and I went and saw Muppet Vision 3D, that was on the Avenue Q tour in 2007. So I come out of the Muppet Vision 3D and there's that wonderful um Muppet gift shop right outside the Muppet Vision 3D. It has these like two giant Kermits uh on the entrance to it as you come out of Muppet Vision 3D. And I was walking around and there were all these awesome Muppet stuffed animals and all these things. And behind the counter was this stunning statuette of Kermit, but the statue was actually felted. It had felt on it. And it was Kermit sitting on a log with this beautiful um, glass water underneath it. Fireflies on little springs behind him. And I said, what is that statue behind you? And they were like, oh, uh, I don't even know. And and the woman who was also behind her uh, said, oh, it's a music box. And she turns this little like knot of wood behind it and it plays Rainbow Connection. And I said, oh, my God, is that for sale? And the woman was like, no, it's just a display. And I said, are you sure? And so she goes, let me actually ask the manager. Nobody's ever asked before. So she goes over and asks the manager. And the manager says, I, I, I have to be honest with you. I don't know. And she said, I'm going to go and I'm going to get our little binder of all the things we sell. And if it's in there, I'll sell it to you. So she goes and she looks through and she's like, oh, here it is. Yes, we actually have the box in the back. Yeah, you, you, can, you can buy it. So I decided in that moment that the thing that I'm going to collect in my life is Muppet stuff. And my the first item I ever bought was that music box in Muppet the gift shop after Muppet Vision 3D. And now I have this like giant Muppet collection. I could send you pictures, please, um, of uh, of all kinds of things that are Muppet related. But it all started in the gift shop after Muppet Vision 3D in 2007. Incredible. Yeah, I love that we both collect things, and we, you know, I'm I collect dopies. Dopey's my favorite. Oh, I love it. You know, it's funny. I was going to say this earlier. There's a fan theory that Dopey grows up to be Geppetto. Oh. Because they have the same kind of eyes. I don't really follow it, but but that's the thing. I love that. I love that idea. I collect dopeys and and same thing. I go to the parks and if I see a good dopey thing, I get it. So it's happy, happy, sleepy, sneezy, grumpy, dopey, bashful, and doc. Yes, well done. Hallelujah. You got a three year old. I knew I liked you. (laughs) Put on your thinking ears. It's trivia time. Oh, boy. Hey, Rob, it's time for trivia. Here we go. Muppet Vision. Wait, what? Muppet Vision 3D at Walt Disney World's Hollywood Studio. Yes, as I was saying, I did script this before. That is crazy. I know. You know me so well. It's the magic of Disney. Yep. What if I was like in the gift shop? Yep, exactly. There is a music box. There's a music box. What does it play? Is, is it for sale? Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. Muppet Vision 3D at Walt Disney World's Hollywood Studios take you directly to a perfect replica of the Muppet Theater from the classic television series, The Muppet Show. As the curtain rises, Kermit, Miss Piggy, and the whole Muppet menagerie appear in eye-popping 3D to take guests on a zany tour of their lab and show off their new movie-making invention. Muppet Vision 3D. Mm-hmm. In true Muppet fashion, things go haywire. It's fun. There's musical numbers, special effects. Everyone loves it. What makes this so special is that this collaboration between Walt Disney Imagineering and Jim Henson Productions was the last film to be released that was directed by Jim Henson himself. Mm. 
and the last to feature his voice as which Muppet character? Oh, gosh, as Kermit, right? It is Kermit. Oh. <laughs> you did it. Oh, no, that made you sad. No, I love it so much, and I actually, I, I'm super lucky. Uh, when I did Avenue Q, and since then, I've gotten to work with the great Rick Lyon, who originated Nikki and Trekkie Monster in Avenue Q, and... Um, uh, built all the puppets, um, but he is one of very few puppeteers who worked on Muppet Vision 3D with Jim Henson and told me these astonishing fun facts about the filming of it. You know that whole opening sequence where Kermit's sort of walking you through um, the Muppet Studios and he's got one of my favorite lines ever, which is, we reached out to uh, all the top scientists of the world and none of them showed up, so... <laughs> So funny. And then he introduces us to Bunsen and Beaker. Um, but as he's walking through Muppet Studios, my friend Rick was like, here's what's really fun is in that whole first shot, there's only four puppeteers. So like when the door opens and Rolf leans out the door and says something, and then he takes two steps and Zoot walks by. And then all of a sudden he goes and Piggy's back there. And that door opens way far in the distance down the hall and Piggy leans out. And then Sam Eagle leans out and says a tribute to all worlds but mostly america uh, <laughs> um there's actually all of those puppeteers are like doing rolf under one door and then taking him off and running under the set to go do piggy on the other one while a different puppeteer is voicing that puppet that someone else is like the magic that's happening under the camera to make that happen was astonishing so the very first e-ticket of broadway live show that was in july of 2020 was leslie margarita and andrew barth feldman who also love the muppets course, and we yeah. brought on dory berenstein oh. and who's a great producer on broadway who worked on muppet vision 3d Come on. and she shared Come on. a lot of behind the scenes takes and some photos with jim henson it was so Come fun on. And what, a, and what a wonderful twist ending that that weird inflatable 3D creature was Mickey the whole time. Sorry, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> we can't. We're bolted to the seats. <laughs> Anybody? Anybody? Well, Statler and Moldorf. Yes. With you. Rob, we like to play fun games here on E-Ticket to Broadway. And today, we actually get to play one of my favorite games. Come are, on. You, are you excited? I'm in. Okay, today we're playing Rob McClure or Walt Disney. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to say a statement, and I need you to tell me if I'm talking about the Tony Award nominee Rob McClure or the non-Tony nominated Walt Disney. <laughs> I'm so mad. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> okay, number one for Rob McClure or Walt Disney. Oh, my God. This man loves to put on a show treats people with respect, and is close to his family. Ooh. Is it Rob McClure, Walt Disney, or both? I'm going to, I'm going to, I hope it's both. It is both. All right. I thought you were going to tell me some like unknown fact that Walt Disney hated his family, which is why he, why he had that apartment over the fire station is because he was never at home. Way to just drop in that knowledge. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> It's the the cloche, whatever. Yes, exactly. The cloche of the crystal cloche of the enchanted rose. Oh, my gosh. Okay, number two. That was a good warm-up. This man often lends his voice to fuzzy, cute characters. Ooh. I'm going to say me. I don't know if Walt ever actually did voiceover. Me. It's actually both because Walt did voice Mickey Mouse. Get out of town. He did. 
He did. Wait, in, in like the original like Silly Symphony stuff? Yeah, some of the cartoons. It was his voice. Get out. And of course, you in Avenue Q and in Mrs. Doubtfire. That's amazing. I know. I, I didn't I didn't know that about Walt. Um, when I was out in um, San Francisco, I met a really incredible animator uh, and actor as well uh, named Michael Herrera, who is a storyboard artist uh, at Pixar and, and just brilliant. And uh, he very sweetly was at the stage door when we were doing the tour of Something Rotten. And we sort of met and he said, uh, you know, I work at Disney if you guys are going to go. And I said, oh, where do you work? At Walt Disney Animation Studios, you know, the building with like the giant hat, like in there. Um, and I can bring you in, but you have to sign a non-disclosure. And if you say anything, we'll kill you. And you can't go into like it, that building is cordoned off into like the Frozen 2 wing and the Wreck-It Ralph breaks the Internet wing. And they're not allowed to go in for spoilers. You Like if you're working in one pod, you can't. I mean, it was so legit. Um, but he also brought me to the or original location of Walt Disney Studios, which is in this like tiny little strip mall in LA. And it, it's it's like a printing shop now. And there's like a tiny little placard in the window that's like, this is the location cool. of the original Walt Disney Animation Studios. So wild. That's cool. I only got to do that with Imagineering. I haven't been to the animation, but getting to walk the hallways of Imagineering in Burbank was oh. life-changing. Yeah. Anyway, here comes number three. Okay. This person has traveled around the country, bringing joy to audiences everywhere, and has even hugged Jen Colella. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely me. That is Rob McClure. Yeah. <laughs> that is Rob McClure. I've hugged Jen Colella many times. Yes. I don't know that Walt has had that sublime privilege. I don't think so. Yeah. Okay, number four. Charlie Chaplin has influenced this individual. Ooh. I have to imagine he influenced Walt Disney, so I'm going to say both. It is both. It is both. So Walt really admired Mr. Chaplin. He even hung out with him at times and brought some of Charlie Chaplin into the design of Mickey Mouse. Yeah. You can, when you watch some of that early stuff and my wife and I, uh, we did, you know, we, we were on Main Street USA. This is probably 2008. Gosh. And we went into, um, you know, there's all the different gift shops, but every now and then you find one that has like the real legit stuff like the like the oh, yeah uh, like the crystal shop and the crystal shop and like the animation cells and like the the real stuff and one of those shops was playing that old uh silly Simph one of their first animations which is that owl uh I, f I forget what it's called but it's like this huge thunderstorm and there's like an owl in a tree and it's it's terrifying and beautiful it's not the old like, mill is it it might be the old mill yes i think it's the old mill i think you're right yes and uh, we were just like, we started to be intrigued by the history of those older animations. So we bought, there was like this wonderful Blu-ray box set of all of the old Silly Symphonies and the original animation stuff. Um, and uh, in a lot of that early stuff, you can see the Chaplin, there's a lot of the Little Tramp character in a lot of the, in, in particularly in early Mickey Mouse, for sure. Well, you're doing very well so far, Rob. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Here comes number five. This person has a whole theme park empire named after him. <laughs> this is where you learn about my basement. No, I'm only kidding. Yeah, Walt yeah. Disney. Clearland. <laughs> yeah. It is funny because we could say Disneyland and Walt Disney World like it's a thing, but you're like, I can't imagine if there was like, this is Elpert Land. Yes, <laughs> right. But like, it's a person's last name. Yeah, that is so yeah. funny. You do that lose is, track of that, don't you? That is that Walt is. for now. Yeah, but exactly. Maybe would it be McClure Land, McClure World? Oh my gosh, Sadie World. 
It'd be Sadie, Sadie World. Sadie World. Um, okay. Right now in our house, so we have uh, <laughs> Maggie and I. When we met, we both had like all of this, like either collectible stuff or as theater people, you you acquire these boxes of crap from every show you do, whether it be playbills or posters or props you decided to keep, sentimental things. And they sat in boxes in our basement for the first 10 years of our relationship. And then uh, when we got our current house, uh, there was a game room. And we were like, you know what? We're going to let the rest of our house be a, a normal adult home. And then the game room, we are going to put all of that crap where that, that we wanted. So we jokingly call it Theater Applebee's. Yes. yes. Because it feels like, you know, you walk into an Applebee's and there's like a yeah. trombone on the wall next yeah. to a high school football plaque, like to a something. Um, that is our third floor uh, uh, game room, but it's all our theater memorabilia and Muppet stuff and my Spinal Tap action figures. Oh, wow. That is and my, not and, on brand for this podcast. No, and, our, and here's something that's on brand. Uh, and my Lost memorabilia, because we were obsessed with the TV show Lost, which okay. is on ABC, ABC, which is a Disney, Disney subsidiary. Hey. Yes, it is. You did it. I do have a dopey hallway in my apartment. See? See? Because you have to be, you have to be, like, I'm always like, oh, God, I don't want to have all my dopey and Disney stuff out there. So you, you choose it. But when you choose it, you go hard. Yes. Okay, number six for Rob McClure, Walt Disney. This guy was involved in bringing creepy ghosts to audiences that has a huge fan following. I'm, I, I see where you're headed here, and I'm yep. going to go both because there's Haunted Mansion and the Maitlands. <laughs> that is exactly right. Isn't that funny? <laughs> I know. That's so good. So, yes, well done. That is both. Number seven, nominated for many awards for his incredible contribution to the arts, this individual was once presented with an honorary award by Shirley Temple. Oh, my gosh. I did. I'm gonna go Walt Disney because if that happened to me, I must have been really drunk. Yeah, exactly. What if I was like, <laughs> "That's actually Rob McClure." <laughs> yeah, no, that is yeah. Walt Disney, and that was an honorary. It was an honorary statue with seven little statuettes for Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Oh, amazing! That's sweet. That's okay. So number great. eight. This one's tough. Rob McClure or Walt Disney? This guy starred in Honeymoon in Vegas on Broadway. <laughs> The great Walt Disney. Oh, yes, like, it was Walt Disney. It was Walt Disney opposite Tony Danza. Yeah. <laughs> Walt Disney in his Broadway debut. No, that was me. That was And fun. it was some of the most fun I've ever had in my life. Yes, I can still see you on the Nederlander stage singing oh. I Love Betsy, and it was incredible. Oh. Okay. A friend to many, this guy is usually referred to as a shortened version of his first name. Ooh. Is Walt short for Walter? Um, uh, I'm going to say both. It is both, Robert. Yes. yes and Walter, yeah. Nice. That was Walter, a stretch. Was Walter, stretch. Walter Disney doesn't have the ring to it, does well, it's it? Walter Elias Disney. Well, yeah, you really want to wear your fancy pants. Yeah. You put those fancy pants under a cloche. Oh, no, don't. <laughs> That's really dumb. Okay. Finally, for Rob McClure, Walt Disney, a big, big fan of the theater... This one has a huge personal collection of Muppets. Me? It's actually Walt Disney. Yeah, no. no. Oh my no, god. He, no, he loved trains, but also was a big fan of the theater. No, wait. He, but if you count Muppet Vision 3D, it's kind of a big collection of Muppets. So maybe it's both. I know. I, I think I'm going to give this one to you, but. Uh, Rob, you did very well. We learned that you and Walt Disney not too different. You know, I'll take it. I will take it. 
time for some tough choices. Let's play Tweedledee or Tweedledum. This is Tweedledee or Tweedledum. I'm going to give you two choices. Let me know which one you prefer. So if the first one for Tweedledee or Tweedledum, Pirates of the Caribbean or The Haunted Mansion. Mm, Pirates of the Caribbean. And I know this. Which park do you prefer Pirates of the Caribbean in? L.A. because it's the original World's Fair one and it's longer and more well, detailed. And Well, that's small world. But yeah, Walt, I mean, like, uh, yes, everyone on a quick break, I did share with Rob that I'm such a land boy. Um, <laughs> so he did say that Pirates was better at Disneyland for the record. I did. Oh, so so wait, Pirates wasn't built for the World's Fair? That was just small world? That was small world. Yeah. Got it. But but it was the original Pirates in L.A. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah, it's, yeah. it's longer. I miss... Uh, uh, in fact, as soon as we got home from Florida I, uh, this pa- this past week, I was like, I-, I missed. I wanted to see what exactly made it longer. And there's that whole amazing section where you're traveling underneath the burning building in LA. That's so amazing. It's um, funny, and and people listening to this, let me know. I think one of in the Magic Kingdom, one of the few things that originated in Florida, Space Mountain is definitely one. But I think for most other things, it starts at Disneyland. Yeah, I mean, our terror the, was Florida, but at least for the classic stuff. For yeah, sure. totally. Yeah. Okay, number two for Tweedledee or Tweedledum: watching the fireworks over the castle or watching a parade down Main Street. I have to go with the fireworks because of the impact that the Tinkerbell moment has had on my life. Tweedledee or Tweedledum: I love Betsy or Ready Set Not Yet. Oh, I love Betsy. Um, it it, it was. It's just such a brilliant opening number in terms of letting the audience in on what the plot is. And you, you can't beat Jason Robert Brown in that onstage 18-piece band. Although I do love jumping through a hole in the floor with Carrie Butler. <laughs> no. <with> my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Tweedledee or Tweedledum, Peter Pan or Aladdin? I have a soft spot for Peter Pan. I do too. Um, and I, um, once we are off the air, I'm going to tell you something else. Great. And we're back. Rob just told me he loved me. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I yep. will. We'll yep. connect. And finally, Tweedledee or Tweedledum, Galaxy's Edge or Muppet Vision 3D? Oh, now, now here's the thing. I haven't gotten to fully experience Galaxy's Edge. I think Galaxy's Edge, once I do fully experience it, is going to take the cake on this one. But Muppet Vision 3D, because of my affinity for the Muppets, I'm going to say for the time being. Now let's hear from some of you, huh? Robbie, put on the e-ticket to Broadway Instagram. Your fans are ready to ask you about Disney questions. Here we go. Make an Omelette asks, do you have a favorite villain song? Ooh. Jeremy Irons' performance of Be Prepared is amazing. He's also one of those he's also one of those people who I get infuriated by the knowledge that they can sing. You know when you're like, "Wow, that that actor is their actress is so incredible. I will be so mad if they can also sing." And he was one of them where I was like, "How dare you, sir?" Yeah. yeah. Anne Boleyn's sixth finger asks if you have a Disney dream role. Ooh. What a great question. A di- like like if they were to adapt a current Disney thing. We're going to combine this because the next question is Light in the Darkness wants to know what Disney movie would you like to see live on stage? Ooh, 
wowza. Um, like, I, would it be Pinocchio on stage with you as Geppetto? Oh, that is such a beautiful... Yes. I mean, playing Geppetto in a stage adaptation of Pinocchio is an absolute bucket list item for me, for sure. Um, so yes, eventually one day playing Geppetto in a Pinocchio adaptation, yes. Um, I would also love a swing at Captain Hook. Yeah, definitely. I love that. Tay Dot Stern says, what is your favorite Disney park? Uh, I'm going to say uh, Magic Kingdom and particularly Fantasyland just because it's so classic. I love that specificity. Underscore Chloe dot Bailey dot 2001 underscore. Do you have a favorite song from Encanto? Oh, um, those origitas. Um, that, uh, that one kills me. Um, but also, um, you know, Luisa's song, um, Surface Pressure is really amazing. And it also, what I, what moves me deeply is that my three-year-old daughter's introduction to physical strength is Louisa. So we will be walking around New York City and a construction worker will be like lifting a huge piece of lumber up to another construction worker up on top of scaffolding. And she'll say, like Louisa, like her uh, that and that song in particular, um, just for what it did for my for my little girl, you know, it's uh it's amazing. But that whole that whole score is so special. Gosh. Alana wants to know if Mrs. Doubtfire had a favorite Disney character, who do you think it would be? Oh dear, I think it would be Mrs. Potts, because they have a lot in common. <laughs> that is perfect. Yes, that's exactly right. Thank you. <laughs> Nicole asks, if you could star in a movie of a Disney attraction, oh what would it be and who would you play? Oh, it would be the Country Bear Jamboree, and I would play Little Buford, who they don't whoop, but should shoot instead. <laughs> I love it. I love Rob, I love how specific you are. No, you know what it is? It would be the Carousel of Progress, and I would play that little old man. Oh, that's yeah. What it would that's be. great. Yeah. I'll tell you what, the Sherman Brothers, they know how to write a song. Oh, come on. I do. Come on. I would love to put together a show that's just the Sherman Brothers music. Yes. And finally, Spencer Adrian Boy says, what do you think should be done to improve Muppet representation in the parks? Oh, what a great question. Um, so for a while, they had that amazing, um, that amazing sort of patriotic show in Town Square where all of a sudden the actual puppeteers would open windows and the puppets would be there. That I think is your best shot because in the same way that you sort of say like, oh my gosh, that's Mickey. If a window can open and a puppet, the right scale, the right puppetry done by artful puppeteers, and there, and I hate to say it, there is a difference between animatronics and puppeteers. So you would need people in those windows with those Muppets on their arms for, because we'll know the difference um, as Muppet fans. Uh, hire more puppeteers so that in and around the areas where the Muppets can be present, um, they pop up and can have interactions with fans because it's it's the puppets that people are thrilled to see. And I remember when I did see those 
those shows in town square people lost their minds you know sam eagle pops into a window starts talking to them but um i also saw a really creative thing online i didn't get to see it in person but there is this sort of like mobile this little like bunsen and beaker mobile that's been driving around tomorrowland which i didn't know about but i would love i mean more stuff like that is great do you have a favorite muppet Gosh, it's so hard. I think Robin, Kermit's nephew, Robin, because I could say another one, but Robin is the one who will make me cry every time they arrive. There's something so sweet. And Jerry Nelson, who puppeteered Robin, had had this incredible voice. Um, It's one of the reasons why Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas makes me cry so much, because Jerry Nelson's voice is all over that, and, and it's a similar thing that he's doing for Robin than he did for Emmett. And uh, I don't know. There's there's something nostalgic about that little that little guy. And in Muppet Christmas Carol, don't get me started. That is a great movie. Done for. Yeah. Oh. Uh-oh. To answer that question, is there something that they can integrate for the holidays and Muppet Christmas Carol? Oh, sure. That's what they That'd should cool. do. You're right. They could turn all of Town Square. Town they Square. Could. Yes. Into. Yes. Yes. Um, Muppets Christmas Carol. Yes, they could do like full Dickensian. Yes. Oh, and they can turn the the uh, London section of Epcot into like Dickensian Muppet Christmas Carol. I love again with the words Dickensian. <laughs> well done. Thank you, Cloche. That's what the episode's called, Dickensian Cloche, with Rob McClure. <laughs> Rob, if you could describe the feelings you get when you look down Main Street and see the castle, what would you say? Wonder. I mean, it really is wonder. You, you, because you can't, you can't see it without wondering how they did it. You know, it, it's crazy to imagine that there was a time where Main Street didn't exist because it feels, um. It feels like something with a rich history far longer ago than when it was built. They somehow have – it has this built-in nostalgia to it that makes it feel like it's always been there. Um, so you, I get swept up not only in just like the feeling and the music but in wondering how the hell they pulled it off. Agreed. Gosh, I'm, that makes me want to go back to Main Street, even just talking to you about it. Well, my final question that I ask everyone, what's the first thing you're going to do the next time you go to a Disney park? Oh, gosh. That's such a good question, and I'm taking my time because I want to get this right. First thing I'm going to do... I mean, I think... I think I have to walk down Main Street um, directly to the Walt and Mickey statue. It's just sort of a it's it's it feels like returning to a place. It's so funny. Whenever I go there, whenever I go to Main Street or to the Walt Disney statue and Mickey and see the fireworks and all those things, it feels like such a singular event in my life. It feels like such a, and maybe it's because I didn't get to go so much as kids or 
or maybe everyone feels this way, but it feels like such landmark moments in my life that I'm getting to go there that I kind of refuse to believe that it happens every day when I'm not there. It feels crazy to me that that sort of life moment could be occurring for other people 365 days a year in that space because it feels too mon it feels too momentous to me for it to be a daily occurrence um and 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 that's what strikes me every time i go there i go they do this every day they provide this feeling every day it's uh i kind of refuse to believe it (laughs) in an effort to keep it singularly special for myself I'll tell you what, though, I worked there. I worked in Disneyland in 2005 for the 50th on the Autopia and did guest control of the fireworks. Oh, and wow. Saw it every day, and the magic was the same. It doesn't matter yeah. because, especially during the fireworks, kind of what you're talking about, to watch the fireworks is incredible, but to watch the faces is even more special. Yeah. And, and there are times, one of the other things that happens down there is that it's kind of impossible to be let down. Like I, I, there are so many times where plans have fallen through or I can't get to the place I want to go or someone you're there with doesn't want to do the thing you want to do or you end up in a place where you didn't think you were going to be. Some You will be surprised. Like I remember my wife and I, we went down and for the first time we were like, let's splurge and go to the Grand Floridian. We had never stayed on a Disney property. We're like, let's do it. And we couldn't get in to Magic Kingdom that night. And I so wanted to go. Um, So we ended up just looking for dinner reservations. And we got dinner reservations at a seafood restaurant at the Grand Floridian. Well, they have this like atrium with all glass windows that looks across the water at Magic Kingdom. And Magic Kingdom that night was doing their Halloween fireworks, which I will stand by as the most impressive fireworks display I have ever seen in my life from a dis, I can't even, Im- I don't even know that it's possible for people in the park to fully appreciate the expanse of those fireworks being underneath them. Because at that restaurant, I was looking out those windows going like, that looks like there are fireworks for 30 miles. Like, I don't understand how there are so many fireworks. <laughs> um, and of course, they were they were pumping in the, the audio, the synced audio to those fireworks into the restaurant. So we could fully appreciate, you know, Oogie Boogie singing uh, from Nightmare Before Christmas, which I had just done Little Shop at the Muni, and Ken Page was the voice of my of the plant for me. So getting to learn that Ken Page is the voice of Oogie Boogie and hearing him in the restaurant watching those fireworks. But again, it was a, it was a moment where I thought, oh, damn, I didn't get to do the thing I was hoping to do at Disney. But Disney found me and provided yeah. the moment. And I uh, that's happened countless times where, like, if you show up, They'll find you and they'll provide the magical moment regardless of uh, where you happen to be. Yeah. Rob, this has been delightful. Thank you for joining me on eTicket and for sharing your love of Geppetto, Country Bear Jamboree, the Tiki Room, the Lion King soundtrack, Muppet Vision 3D. I'm so grateful that you love the parks and that you shared that with us. So thank you. I love you for giving me the chance to talk about it. Of course. And we'll see you at the parks. Hold for talent. Please, I'm having so much fun. 
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.